This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hey, everyone. I'm Brenda. And I'm Julia. And you're listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Your 20s are known as both the most exciting and most confusing years of your life. We're here to share our stories, to have real and raw conversations, and best of all, to make you feel a little less alone. This podcast was brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Welcome back. We're so excited. We have an incredible guest today. Um, Her name is Jessica. She was born and raised in Tampa, Florida. She received her associate degree in nursing at Gallen College of Nursing and currently is furthering her career at Grand Canyon University Online. She works in Tampa as a registered nurse at St. Joseph's Hospital in the Emergency Department and her hobbies. We can't not mention her hobbies. Really, really key to this (laughs) interview. Uh, Going to the beach, traveling, hanging with her puppy, her boyfriend, her family and friends, and lounging at home with a good book or binge watching Netflix. Oh my god! <laughs> we look so related. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> we're so excited to have you. This is an interview we've been talking about for so long, and we're like, so when can we get her here? <laughs> I know it's crazy. Well, we're so glad that you know we're not glad about what's going on, but we're glad that what ha- is going on has lent us the opportunity to talk to some people from out of town. Yes, and yeah. I've never used Zoom before, so I'm super excited. It's going to be great. We can't wait. But the most important part is definitely that we're excited to continue bringing people relatable content, important content, lots of tips. Um, and that's definitely going to come out of today's episode, which is about toxic relationships and tough breakups. So I'm really interested to hear this full story. I know Jess because she is my Chris's <laughs> cousin <laughs> um, and definitely We've known each other for a while, but I I don't even know the full ins and outs of this story, so I'm in for the ride, too. I only told you just, like, a little bit back in December when I visited, and that was, like, mm-hmm. not even all of it, and yes. I'm just excited to be here. Like, I just hope my story, like, inspires other people. I'm sure it is, and that's exactly why we wanted to have you on, just because I think a lot of people are going to be able to relate to everything you're about to share with us. And thank you for coming on and being willing to share your story with us because I know that it's going to help a lot of people. Oh, thank you. Like, that's just my goal. Like, it was kind of tough for me to talk about everything that happened, but I really just want to, like, make people feel better about leaving a toxic relationship and, like, there's something else out there. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So before we jump into that, Jess, because I know we have so much to cover, (laughs) um, I know Brenda already gave you a great introduction, but... Tell us in your own words just a little bit about you, where you're yeah. from, where you live, how old you are. Uh, sure. let, let, let everyone know about you. <laughs> so I'm 25. I live in Tampa, Florida, and I've basically lived here all my life. <laughs> um, I work in the ER at St. Joseph's Hospital in Tampa, um, which I absolutely love. Like, that's just my passion. I love the emergency room, especially what's going on right now. I think it's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, and thank you, for, thank you for doing that thankless job. We need you guys right now. So Mm -hmm. I know I could just talk. That's like a whole nother episode. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I'll just skip that part. But um, yeah, I went to Galen College of Nursing for my associates and I'm going back now to get my bachelor's online. Hopefully, I don't know, I could go up in the world. <laughs> Amazing. Um, I have a puppy. His name's Giovanni and I'm Aww. so obsessed. If you follow me anywhere, you'll see how many times I post him on social media. Like he is all over the place. Oh, no, I post mine too. Like way too much. I'm just so obsessed. When you walk into my apartment, it literally looks like I live with a toddler because his toys are all over the place. Oh my God. Me too. You would like, she takes all of her toys out of her box. She doesn't like if any toys in the box. She likes to empty it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Julia is a new dog mom, and she oh, is upset. Congrats. Thank you. <laughs> we could go on about this forever. I know. Okay, another episode. <laughs> We're getting a lot of episodes racked up here. Yeah, we'll have a dog. We'll have a dog mom episode. Oh my god, for sure, yeah. dog mom, and how to like survive it. <laughs> but why don't we jump right in? So, if you wouldn't mind telling us a little background on your ex relationship and how that's impacted you today. Sure. So I was with my ex. We were with each other for about like five years. Um, We were engaged for not even, I don't know, eight months. At first I thought, you know, like it was a perfect relationship and I've never had a serious relationship before that one. So I didn't really know what a relationship was or what it should feel like or what it's like or like the do's and the don'ts kind of thing. Um, And how old were you when you first got together? I was... 18 I was turning 19 yeah I was 18 so like he was like my first serious boyfriend and he was like two years older than me so I thought that was so cool Mm -hmm. so anyways it was I had warning signs we were dating for a few months and I thought it was absolutely perfect like my family loved him and there was a lot of warning signs that I kind of just like skipped over I was like oh no like this is how it's supposed to be this is like a real boyfriend I'm fine and then I don't know. We were only dating for a year and he kept accusing me of cheating. And I was always so curious as to why he would accuse me. Like I never understood it. Like it was to the point where he would go through my phone. He would go through my computer, like go on my Facebook, go through my text messages. Obviously he never found anything. So after a while of him doing that, I was like, all right, so this is fishy. This isn't right. Mm -hmm. So I finally went into his phone and over the course of the first year of being together, he cheated on me with six girls. Wow. Yeah. One was a meetup in person, but the other ones was just text. So, and that was only like the first year and I should have been like, oh, these are the red flags. Gotta go. But unfortunately I stayed, which I don't regret because I learned a lot from this experience. Absolutely. And I I don't think you're alone in that. I think a lot of people would also choose to stay. It's a hard, that's really hard. Yeah. Especially because like in my head, I was like, oh, this thing is so great and we can move forward from this and everyone has problems and struggles and it. I feel like social media is so distracting because all these people want to post all these happy pictures and all these cute captions and quotes, but really like they're not happy in real life. And I mm-hmm. feel like I see that so often because I was that person. Mm-hmm. So I just like, ugh, I feel for it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Me and Brendan talk about that all the time. Yeah. Especially when there's people that you know, and you're like, I, we were just talking about this. Like, why are you posting a picture? Yeah, <laughs> an argument two nights ago about <laughs> breakup. But okay, we all know that you were arguing, yeah. like, in, that you were yes. about five minutes ago, and now you're posting. Oh, okay, <laughs> right? Okay, confused. interesting way to cope. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the first year there were some warning signs. So then, so but you chose to forgive. I did. I chose to forgive. Um, I was stupid enough to do so, but. You know, like when you're in something so toxic, I feel mm-hmm. like you're 
almost like brainwashed in some sort of way mm-hmm. because think that this is perfect and you're being told oh like you can't find better you can't um no one's gonna love you the way I love you and like those like little comments are like no one can handle the full you or like little jagging stuff that just kind of like makes you feel stuck in a way like okay well he's right like I can't get out like I can't find anyone else and like we've already been through so much together so I might as well just like stick it out Mm -hmm. I think that's a really really powerful point that you're making because I think a lot of people confuse rightfully so but spending a lot of time with someone is meaning that like you've invested so much already that it's so difficult to like get out or that it wouldn't make sense or what would people think and with those moments when you did just for that um he was cheating did you have like a confrontation moment like how oh my gosh so yeah after each time there was a confrontation and of course it turned into not like an apology you know more of a defensive lying at first and Mm -hmm. then made me get to the point where you know I broke down crying and I was like out of character I feel like I was brought out of my character so much during arguments because Mm -hmm. the way that we would argue and the way that he would be so defensive and like jagging at me I feel like it brought out the worst in both of us and I feel like that is super unhealthy like arguments are like the number one thing I feel like to make a relationship last like me and him our arguments would like be you know throwdowns and like yelling and screaming and he would like punch walls or like slam into things or throw things or like storm off and walk around the block mm-hmm. and like in my current relationship it's like a complete opposite like I just like I see the difference in how to handle an argument and like what it's like to be in a healthy argument and what's like to not be in a healthy argument like yeah. Um, and I imagine for someone who hasn't, who hadn't had a serious relationship before that it's, it's hard to know. It's hard to know if you, if you have no kind of point of reference sometimes. Right. You don't know what's a healthy argument and what's not a healthy argument. And you don't really know how to argue at a certain point. Like it's all just so new. And of course, like this was like my only experience. Yeah. And especially being so young Mm -hmm. as well at that point, it's like, yeah. Sometimes you kind of just believe what you, what you're told and what you hear. Right. And like I said, like, I felt like he was older. So like he knew more things and like, I don't know, he was further along than I was. I felt like, so each time I found out that he was talking to another girl, we would just have that confrontation and we'd get down to like point of like screaming and arguing. And then all of a sudden we would both crying and then I would see him cry. And then a part of me inside was just like, oh, okay. Like he's sorry. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's hurting too. And he said, he's not going to do it again. So he's not going to do it again. Mm. And I think that's probably partially like your very empathetic and caring personality. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. It's not an unfortunate personality trait. But like in that situation, I felt like it was. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I think anyone in that situation would. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, after like the last girl, I was finally like, okay, if you do this again, like I'm ending it and I have no problem with it. Like it became more confident as Mm -hmm. the girl started coming. So. So, but, but you did continue the relationship past that and uh, eventually you ended up getting engaged? I did. So let's just talk about the engagement first. Yeah, yeah, please. <laughs> All so the I, <laughs> I feel like, cause we were together for, it already felt, it was already four years that we were together. And I feel like everybody around me was getting engaged or having babies or they were, um, furthering their career and they were moving out and all this life was happening for them. And I felt like that wasn't happening for us. So I feel like a part of the engagement was me because I kept talking about it. And Mm -hmm. I felt, I told him like the ideal ring for me, like how I want to be proposed. And like, 
I gave him everything and he just did it. And I feel like it was four years we were dating and then he proposed to me and I feel like it was kind of like something that had to happen. And for two years before this, of course, I'm still with him. For two years, I kept telling him just like how unhappy I was and like things need to change and like, you need to hear me out. I need to hear you out. Like, but yeah. yeah. So the engagement, I just feel like, like I saw it coming and I feel like it had to happen just to like fix things. You know what I mean? Like he knew I was unhappy and he knew this was something that I really wanted. So I feel like him asking me, he thought that things would change and it would get fixed. And this is exactly what I wanted. So this would be what's making me happy. But I realized like, that's not what's going to make me happy in the long run. And mm -hmm. So we got engaged in September of 2017. And then in July of 2018, I ended it. I lost a lot of friends on the way because so he was the type of person and like sounding this out and talking about it is just making me realize just how toxic it was. Like I feel oh, like I just feel like so stupid and I just feel, I don't know. I just feel so dumb, like talking this out loud now. <laughs> but anyways, you're not. You're not. And you're I'm just so like, I should have just realized, you know, like that's what hurts the most. And I feel like for listeners who are going through the same thing, it's just, it's hard. But he was a type of person where he was very uncomfortable with me having outside friends and just him or the, our mutual friends. Mm -hmm. So I lost a bunch of friends when we were dating and then our friends were just mutual friends of ours. Mm -hmm. And when I, you know, ended that, I lost all those friends as well. So I didn't only lose a relationship, but I lost all of my friends. I think that that's something that a lot of people fear in, in a breakup, even if it's not toxic, that it's like, oh, well, we've built this thing together. We have, we have all these mutual friends now. Like, am I going to lose those people? Like, are those them instead of me? I think that that's something that people can really relate to, even in a, even in a relationship that was healthy until the end. That I think was the hardest decision for me to come to was because I was like, oh, I've already invested, you know, almost five years of my life into this. And I've, we already have all these friends together. And like, what am I going to do outside of this relationship and outside of these friendships? Because I knew that I wasn't going to have them afterwards. Mm -hmm. So that was like, it was really hard ending the relationship only because I lost so many friends. But in the end, obviously they weren't true friends. So really I'm not losing out. What was the the thing that made you like, like the thing that pushed you to make that decision ultimately? So like I said before, he always accused me of cheating. Mm -hmm. Always. For five years, it was the same thing. Always accused me of cheating. I'd be like, here's my phone, go through my phone. You know, like I was very, I'm super loyal when I'm in a relationship. Like I, I can't even fathom. So anyways, he of course kept saying I was cheating and I was cheating and Finally, he accused me of cheating that one last time. And the next morning I woke up and I was like, you know, this is it. Like, I was like, this is the end. Like if he was, I was realizing towards the end of our engagement that I was like being more attracted to other people or like wanting to flirt with other people. And like that never happened to me before. So I remember I woke up and he was sleeping on the couch. I woke up, I told him I'm going to my mom's house, went to my mom's house. And that's another story. My mom, my whole family, like did not like him. I like mm -hmm. at all. My mom is the nicest person in the world and she will like adopt anybody. Like she does not care. Like that's just who she is. She's like that old school Italian mom, like feeds everybody. <laughs> um, and my mom did not like him. I mean, there were points where she was like screaming back at him because he was screaming at her. 
so that was intense. So I told my mom, finally, my mom's like, Jessica, this is it. Like, you have to leave. Like, I'm, I just can't support this anymore. And I was like, yeah, I know. And like, I finally came to that decision where I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go home and I'm going to do this. So I came home and he was in the bathroom. And mind you, we finally moved out into our own apartment. We were only living together in our apartment for like two weeks. And the first week, basically, he was living on the couch <laughs> because we were just arguing so much. Wow. So yeah, first two weeks in our apartment. Um, I came home, he was in the shower getting ready for work or just waking up, I forgot. And I sat down on the couch and I put my engagement ring on the coffee table. And I just remember like sitting there and he walked out and I was like, I can't do it. And he saw the ring and he just started, of course, breaking down and crying and apologizing. And I'm like, this isn't even phasing me anymore. I have like no feelings. I had no empathy towards it anymore. And finally I decided like, I can't do it. So I told him, I was like, pack up your things. I'm going to go hang out with my dad. And when I come home tonight, like, I don't want your stuff being here. And coming home to an empty apartment was really tough. And of course it was like my first time moving out on my own. And I always had somebody to live with and I always lived with dogs and I had this empty apartment of just me. So that was hard. Yeah. But then yeah. I had to do about two weeks later and then everything changed. <laughs> For sure. And um, just because you, you mentioned it about your mom, who I'm obsessed with, like one of the people <laughs> I genuinely love most in this world. Um, I She's mean, so it, and I hope she knows that. <laughs> um, but being that you mentioned that your mom had kind of expressed concern in the past, had did anyone else in your life express concern, friends? I mean, even Chris, your Chris and David, my cousin, his brother, um, my mom, my dad, just like close family members, they didn't express to me, but like every time we were at family gatherings, you could just tell like they would roll their eyes or they would just be like, ooh, mm-hmm. like that's something he would say or, and I just like felt so uncomfortable. I just felt like, I was always walking on eggshells in this relationship. So when I would bring him around family gatherings, I was so nervous because I was like, well, we just fought before coming here. Like, are they going to notice? Like, are they going to see that? Or like, I'm really unhappy. Are they going to notice that? Like, I was anxious all the time. And I feel like I was always walking around eggshells with him because I didn't want to say the wrong thing and get him mm-hmm. to snap and get mad or. Yeah. yeah. So, po- so post breakup, um, maybe even from that first feeling and then onwards, how, how did it feel? How did you begin to cope with it? Yeah. So at first I still had my friends, so I really leaned on them. And then I don't know, after the two weeks, and then at the time I had just started my new job, like I was in the ER. I was like, this is what I want to do. So I was literally going through life's motions. Like everything was changing all at once on me. Like I just started a new job. I had my own place. I recently became single and I was kind of anxious all the time. So I still have my friends. So I hung out with them for the next two weeks after that. And then I finally got Giovanni and that made it so much better. I felt like taking care of another thing like got my mind off of it and he was so cuddly and so loving and I feel like he was just like the perfect way of like coping um doggies fix everything (laughs) doggies really do fix everything (laughs) and then like like I said I lost my friends but then I found new friends at work so that became my livelihood and like working a lot was awesome and like being around all my awesome coworkers and my family really helped a lot my mom helped me tremendously and my dad like came over after the breakup and he sat down with me because my biggest thing was how am I going to afford this financially because we came into this 50 50 Mm. even though like I was able to get the apartment on my own type thing like I Mm. knew I was able to live on my own but my dad really helped me out and like calculated all my finances and helped me see that like okay I could do this on my own so that made me feel so confident because I realized like okay I could do that type of thing 
Yeah. And what a wonderful thing to feel so supported by your family and people in your life. Cause I'm sure that's a key factor in some relationships is like, where do I go? Who do I turn to mm-hmm. if, if like this person might not be supportive of me and, and whatnot, but ultimately this is all I have. So that that's probably a big factor in some places. Oh yeah. Like for anybody going through a breakup, I feel like you need to rely on people. You can't just be alone, you know, cause you're going to feel alone. But when you bring in family members and, you know, close friends and you go outside, like go outside, I can't even stress that enough. Like that helps so much. Mm. Yeah. And I, I mean, I feel like I, I'm so, I'm so glad that you had people to rely on, but I feel like I hear these, I hear stories from people that they've been in these toxic relationships and they lose the people in their life. So when it comes time, when they finally get that strength to break it off, there, there's that hesitation because there's no, there is no one anymore to, to fall back on. They feel that there's no one anymore to fall right. back. I felt the same. Like I felt because I knew that my family hated him and like felt these strong feelings for him. I was scared at first coming to them because I didn't want the whole, well, I told you so, or you should have left sooner. And that's, I think what I was most afraid of, but the fact that they were so reassuring and was like, you know, you went through this relationship for a reason. It taught you A, B, and C. And now you see the positive sides of it. And it was good that you went through this. So you don't take advantage of like healthy relationships. And that really helped I would just say like, you have to get over that fear that no one's going to stand behind you, but there's people who are going to stand behind you no matter what. Absolutely. And how did you deal with, if this was even a thing, because I know that you probably were like at the very end of your, at the very end of wanting to be in that relationship, but were there certain things that felt like somewhat triggering to you, like places you would go or like things you would do together? Did that come up at all? Yeah. So like I... Before ending things, I never did anything on my own, I feel like. Like, if I had to go to the grocery store or the mall or something like that, um, I felt like I couldn't do it because I was so used to having, like, a buddy with me, you know? Like, so that really hurt, and I felt like that was a little difficult, but other than that, I, (laughs) I know, like, this just sounds terrible, but I feel like I got over this breakup really fast because... After two weeks of like ending it, he texted me, threatening me that I owed him all this money. And yeah, so he texted my mom the same thing and like threatened my mom, texted my dad the same thing, threatened my dad. And I was just so angry at that. And after, cause he lived with me and my family for three years and didn't buy a single thing, groceries, rent, clothes, nothing. So to me, when he texted us that, I felt so much hatred and anger that it kind of helped me get over it a little bit faster than maybe most would. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because I don't think that like going out afterwards was hard for me. I was kind of, I felt relieved and kind of lighter after the two weeks once I saw that, you know, he messaged us and threatened us. And not only did he threaten me, but he threatened my parents. And I feel like that kind of helped me be like, a few type thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And like that just helped me like moved on even faster because I was just, I felt so relieved. Like it literally felt like I lost 200 pounds afterwards. Wow. Yeah. Like it was hard at first, but I just feel, I feel terrible saying it, but like, I feel like I got over it super fast because of that. No, that's not terrible. I mean, good for you. And for, I feel like for anyone, anything that can help you, you know, yeah. it's such a, such a loss because in a way it is a loss. You're, you're yeah. losing a chapter on your life. Like you're not just a person, you're, you're completely letting go of, of an old way of living and being. So anything to help breathe. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, definitely. And I think just to like take a really quick step back, we have so much more to unpack with Jess's story, but just thinking about people in toxic relationships who maybe um, didn't have, because I feel like you had a sense of closure. I did. Um, yeah. Because your very last interaction was something that like triggered anger and for you to like blocked him from everything. My family yes. blocked him. So that was kind of like a closure for me. Mm-hmm. Where I feel like maybe in some other relationships, there might not be that full closure. So th- there are certain things that still feel like hurtful, like even more heartbreak related, right? I have a few friends that were going through a breakup and I was helping them with it, of course, <laughs> because hello, queen of yeah. toxic here. But uh, <laughs> but um, every time, you know, like they didn't have that closure that I had where it was just kind of like a oh, big F you, like, block, see you later type thing. Mm-hmm. Theirs was kind of more, like, open-ended, and I stressed to them, like, it's so important to have that closure. Like, if you still feel hurt by this or that, you need to talk to them. Like, meet up for coffee. Like, you guys have to sit it out and just kind of let everything off and, I don't know, let it go and just talk about it. And I feel like that will help with closure. But then after that, like, don't text them. Like, delete their number if you have to. Block them on social media for a little while. Like, get the closure that you need in order to move on. Because I feel like if you don't get that closure, you're not going to be able to move on. Yeah. And what do you think about, I'm thinking of a few examples in my Mm -hmm. life from people I've known through college and all that stuff. What are your thoughts on people? Um, Actually, a question that we did get about if someone's not willing to give you that closure. See, that's so hard. In my eyes, if that person does not want to give you closure, I just feel like they're not even worth it to get the closure because they're not even giving you the time you deserve and the time you need. And they don't care about your feelings. They don't care about your thoughts. And I feel like that to me would be closure. Yeah. Like that in itself is closure enough. Right. Like they don't want to talk to you. They don't want to close. Like, no, that's, that should be all the closure you need. They don't care. It's like offensive. Sorry if I'm so blunt, but like, (laughs) no, yeah, I agree. Just shows that there's no respect. There's no care for feeling. And I think that that is an answer in itself. What else Mm -hmm. can someone tell you that's stronger than that? Right. Exactly. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Especially if you have time invested and whatever it is, just like, no matter who they are, you owe people, you, I don't know, for them to feel like they can, I just be disrespectful and not caring. I agree. I think it's, it's like you guys are been through so much together and now they're at this point where they're not even giving that respect in return. It's just, that's your answer. Absolutely. So you kind of, you kind of touched on it a little bit before when you were saying like, oh, I, now I'm talking about it. I was so stupid. And I'm sure a lot of people who have been in a situation like this have, have felt that. What, allowed you to trust your instincts again? I feel like in the relationship, I was not confident at all because I felt like I had all this competition with all these other women. Like, oh, I don't look pretty enough for him or I'm not giving him enough attention or like this is my fault for him to reach out to these other women. So I feel like I was, I had no confidence, like zero self-confidence. And then finally, I feel like at the end of our engagement, I felt more confident in myself and I was getting all this attention and I was giving other people attention and I was like, okay, so this is the time where I should leave and this is not for me. So I just felt like I had more confidence in myself in some way. I don't know if that's like the right answer, but there's no right or wrong. That's, that's amazing. So it was just, it was easier for me to get to that point because we were arguing so much and I've had like past trauma and every time it would be brought up, he would just throw it in my face or like make me feel like it was my fault. And that would happen a lot. And that helped 
that happened a lot more towards our end of the relationship just because I wasn't that happy and he knew it. So I feel like it kind of helped me become more confident just because of how often we were fighting. I was like, I'm not happy. This is not what I want. Like this ring is not what I want. Like I don't want to wear it. So yeah. And I think that shows a really big difference. Like from what you were saying before, like that you first believed in the beginning that like, Oh, well, no one else would want me or he, you know, all that stuff made me feel that way. So for you to start getting confidence and, and having that self-belief definitely would play a huge role in in why you felt comfortable in making that choice. Thank you. Absolutely. I kind of want to jump forward a little bit and then come back, but I, cause I know that you are, you are in a new and very positive relationship now, which <laughs> thank God, thank God, which I, I want lots of details on. But in that relationship, when you start, when you began your new and current relationship, did you find yourself looking for red flags or doubting things, God, all or like the time. bringing the past into the present? Yes, all the time. And unfortunately, he doesn't deserve it, but I, like I still do it to this day, just because my mind was just so wrapped around, I don't know, like, because my ex would just text all these other women, I felt like my current relationship, my current guy would do the same to me, but Mm -hmm. he never, like, gave me that reason. I never, like, found anything. He's very open and honest, and I feel like to this day, like, we've been together for a year now, and I'm like, do you still love me? Or, like, if we get into an argument, I'm like, are you okay? Like, do you still love me? And I'm like, I shouldn't be asking these questions, but, like, they come to mind, or, like, We'll, we'll be sitting on the couch and he's just watching TV and like being silent. I look at him. I'm like, are you okay? Are you mad? And he's like, Jess, I'm just watching TV. Like, <laughs> I'm myself, like doing little things. Right. I'm like, are you okay? Are you mad at something? And he's like, no. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think no. that's something that we all do, but I'm, I totally understand that <laughs> coming from, from a place of having yeah. a trauma. Yes, exactly. And I would get (laughs) to this day, like I have nightmares of him breaking up with me. So the next morning I'll be like, you broke up with me again last night. He's like, no, I didn't, Jessica. (laughs) Oh my God. I get mad at Chris all the time for things that happen in my dreams. (laughs) (laughs) I'm mad at you. He's like, that was a dream. I'm like, doesn't matter. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) No, it was hard at first. I was trying to look for like red flags all the time, all the time, but he didn't give me any, so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a plus. Thank God. (laughs) Is there anything, is there anything that helped you get rid of those thoughts and feelings or was it really just him showing you time and time and again that he's someone that you can trust? Yeah. So at first, for the first few months we were just talking and it was really hard for me to like open up. I feel like because I was so scared and I was still so vulnerable and he just kept showing me time after time that like he was there for me. Like I would be working. And at the time I was working at my old hospital and my shift was 3 PM to 3 AM. And there'd be times where he would show up to my apartment at 3 AM when I got off work with like breakfast for me, or like he would cook something. He'd be like, here you go. Like, make sure you eat type things. I'm like, okay. Like we weren't even officially dating yet. So like, he just kept showing me his feelings for me and kept showing me that like, he's truly wanting me and he's here for me. So that helped a lot. I love that. I think that's important for people to hear that like a relationship is a partnership and it is about someone being there for you and you being there for them. And I think that's so important and it's something that we don't always talk about, Yeah, but it's such a core, it's such a core thing to a healthy relationship. It is like partnership is so good. And that's what I feel like I have now where before I just felt like I was in a routine before. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now I feel like I have like an actual partner. So that's something yeah. that 
And I think it was particularly challenging for your past relationship when it's all that you knew, like, like we mentioned before, that you're not sure what it's supposed to be like, but how cool that you were able to build up the strength, not only to end something that you were ultimately not comfortable and happy in, but also find something and be able to trust someone again and really learn what love it is. Right. And like, I feel so silly, but like when we argue, it's over something so simple and so little where before where I would argue about something that was so little, it would blow up into this big thing. So like now that if we get into an argument, which is like far in between, I'm just like, okay, that was it. That was the argument. Like we're done. Are you sure you're okay? Like I'm good. That like, feels like a joke. We like yell, we didn't scream. Like this is awesome. Like he already made up. He's already saying sorry. Like and right. I'm doing the same. Like it's just so healthy. I'm like, oh, this is how it's supposed to be. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes total sense. <laughs> um, so I think I. I, I want you to talk about more about the, this, your current relationship, Jess, and how you found it and how you got into it. Because I think that a lot of people sometimes after a breakup, toxic or not, it can feel like, well, am I ever going to find someone again? Like, how do I, how do I move on? How do I even start to meet people? How do I, how would, can I trust someone again? How can I fall in love again? Can you talk on that and what that your experience was like with moving on? Yeah. So for me, like that was absolutely terrifying for me before the breakup. I was like, okay, well, like, what if I don't find anyone else? And I'm like, I'm getting older and everyone else is engaged and having babies. And like, now I'm not going to be. So now everything's going to be pushed back for me because I had this, you know, I had this five-year plan. Mm-hmm. And for me, I love to plan comes the timeline. Day. Yes. I was like, there's a timeline here. And now I don't have that timeline. So I was scared. And I was like, how am I going to meet people? And I'm like, all I do is work. And like, I don't want to date coworkers, no offense, but I'm like, that's just not me. And I'm like, so how am I supposed to like talk to people? And like, everyone's like, oh, go on Tinder, go on Bumble. I did that for like a week and thought it was gross. So, I- <laughs> <laughs> But that actually, it's fun to do. It's fun to swipe. I would like have my mom over and we'd be like swiping together. She's like, oh, Jessica, swipe right on this. It does look fun. It's fun, but like, it just wasn't for me. So yeah, but there, I was just so scared after this breakup that I will not find another person or like my timeline's going to be all like pushed back now. But I met Curran at a mutual friend's New Year's Eve party last year. So the end of 2018 going into 2019. And I worked with this guy and it was Curran's friend. And I walked right into the party. Like we got there super early and so did he. And we played beer pong like right away. And I kept beating him and I kept winning. And he was like, oh, I'm just letting you win. To this day, I still beat him, by the way. (laughs) Okay, yeah, you're just letting me win. So I don't know, like as soon as I met him and it was right away, like we didn't even talk to anybody else. Like it was just like me and him like have this chemistry right away. And then the rest of the night, we just like kept talking and yeah, <laughs> he was my new year's kiss. So that oh. was pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah. So I felt like super excited. Did you ever, after the breakup, did you ever have a moment of like hopelessness of like, I'm never going to meet someone again? Oh my God. Yes. Like, Absolutely. I was, I felt like I would not get into another relationship. And then, like I said, when I was on Tinder or Bumble, it was so awkward. I didn't know how to flirt with people. I'm like, what are you you saying? And like, what should I say back to this? And I'm like, this is weird. So like, I forgot like all the ways to like flirt and to talk to somebody. So I felt like, oh, I'm going to be forever alone. It's going to be me and Giovanni here. This (laughs) is fine. Yeah. (laughs) But you did, you did find love again. You met someone. And like, that's so real. Like that's going to happen. Like for people to 
end their relationship or like even if it's not a toxic one even if it's one that like doesn't make them happy and they're scared of being like oh I'm not gonna find anybody else like I promise you there is somebody out there for you everybody has a soulmate I don't care what you say like I I feel that and like even after that breakup even though I felt that I was still so scared that there was not gonna be somebody out there but there is somebody out there for everybody yeah how would you say you think it's important to have a period of not that you have to have a set answer on this, but a period of being single to like take time to yourself before jumping into something? Yes. And I feel like I loved that part. I I felt like I loved being by myself after something so toxic because like I said, like I felt like a huge weight was lifted off my shoulder. I felt like my lungs could breathe. Mm-hmm. I felt like I could hang out with my friends now and I could go places now without being blown up or somebody getting jealous that I'm out. Like I felt so confident and I think that's really important for women to go through even guys after a breakup like you need time for yourself and you need time to like get your life back together and it's okay to like sob and cry for a few weeks but like get over it (laughs) like clean your house like go out with friends like start going out and I just felt like that really helped a lot yeah definitely and do you feel like there was with that pressure since you did have that five-year plan and that desire to you know have romance and like all these things how did you deal with that pressure during that time of being single or or is it something you weren't thinking about at all since you needed that time I feel like I was super depressed I was super anxious after the breakup only because I didn't know because all of a sudden my plans failed and now I have no idea what I'm doing and I just started this new job I just started my career I just started living in my own place like it was such a confusing time for me and I lost all my friends. And like, I feel like everything all happened at once where I just feel like I was super depressed and I was super anxious about everything. Yeah. Um, and how, no, that's, I don't. <laughs> no, that's okay. And is there anything that like particularly helped you get through those feelings? Was it work and, and being with your friends and stuff or anything like maybe tangible that you can recommend? So I read a lot of motivating books, like anything by Rachel Hollis, like Girl, Wash Your Face. That book (laughs) saved my life, like saved my life. I still read that book to this day. But no, definitely like just hanging out with friends and like working helped a lot. Like not being stuck inside my apartment helped me a lot Mm -hmm. because at first that's all I did. I was just on the couch. I was watching TV. And once I started like going out and like going to work and like meeting new people and meeting new friends, I felt so much more confident in that. I feel like that's how I got over that little hump. Yeah. So it sounds like trying to make your life as normal, quote unquote, as you could make it, even under the circumstances and choosing to connect with people in a time that could feel isolating. Exactly. And do you feel also like that, like a grieving, like a grieving time was important or for you, was it like picking up and going uh, was was more beneficial than like having like a week to cry or like do you recommend that like week to cry I don't know yes, like cry I was crying for like two weeks I feel like mm-hmm. up until like I said that point where I just blocked him from everything because I was just so angry and frustrated at him threatening but in that two weeks like I allowed myself and I told myself I said Jessica you have these next three weeks I gave myself three weeks um even those two <laughs> I was like Jessica these next three weeks like it's okay you could cry like just go to work go home like sulk it out you know like grieve whatever you have to do but after that like you're getting your shit back together and you're gonna start living so that's what I did I cried and I feel like that helped me 110 percent yeah and I think that was <laughs> such a great 
that's such a great tip for like anyone that might be dealing with this of like that you gave yourself like, okay, you're allowed to be sad. You're allowed to feel these things, but you're not going to lose yourself in that. And like, here's the amount of time that you can do it for. And then, then here, here's the steps I'm going to take to start moving forward and like setting up kind of a game plan with yourself. Mm-hmm. I think that's amazing. Because I think often we don't allow ourselves to feel the feelings and then that kind of results in in a bigger outbreak and and outburst. So I think allowing yourself to be like, it's okay to feel, you just went through something really hard. Do your best to go about life in the way that you can so that you don't feel so alone, but also cry. Like it's okay to cry. Like we have such a stigma against crying and that it shows a sense of like weakness. Um, but I think some, like sometimes it's just a form of release and an emotion. And Either it doesn't way you're going to cry. Like if you hold it in, I feel like it's going to be much worse. Like months down the road, you're not going to be able to get over something. And then months down the road, when you finally are able to cry, like you're just not going to be able to stop. Like, and then you're going to have so many more emotions. So I feel like if you give yourself time to cry as soon as it ends, as soon as it happens, I just feel like you're going to be so much better in the end, you know? Definitely. So Jess, if you had any advice for someone that is in a toxic relationship, is there anything that maybe you wish someone could have told you? Yeah, like I wish someone told me, hey, like you you see all these warning signs and you keep just skipping over them. Like you just keep ignoring them. I would say do not ignore the warning signs because that is so important. If anything makes you feel even like the slight slightest like uncomfortability like if you just feel so uncomfortable with something like you need to go you know like if you don't feel like it's right even like a little part of you it's not right like listen to your gut like to me I feel like I was uncomfortable so much that I should have known to leave but that's just like the major warning thing like that's your self telling you okay it's time to leave like you feel uncomfortable you should go now was there anyone that you connected with in in your life like a friend that you confided in about the warning signs or anything or was it like a scary thing to talk about because you were afraid of their judgment. I was so scared because of their judgment. And however, at the time I did have a friend who was also in a toxic relationship and she would vent to me, I would vent to her about what's going on. But I mean, it was always kind of like a sad thing that we're just going to stick through it kind mm-hmm. of thing. Cause like our boyfriends were like best friends. Mm-hmm. I felt like we couldn't escape it. So we just had each other. And unfortunately that friendship ended before we ended. So. Yeah, no. And that's really hard. And I think, I mean, I haven't experienced this, but if I could think of something that helps me through like just normal day to day is I can't imagine how hard it is to, to talk about, to talk, to share negative things about someone that you think you love. And I know even when Julie and I talk, I'm like, oh, Chris didn't hold my hand this one day, but don't judge him. He's a really good guy. It's like, it's not embarrassing, but it's like, I think we're very fearful of what people in our lives will say. And And everybody wants perfect. Everybody wants to like have this big show, like, oh, my relationship's perfect. Like, look at us. Look at all these pictures I posted. And like, Mm -hmm. you're scared of saying like the bad things, but I feel like you shouldn't be scared of saying the bad things. Like you need to confine into somebody. And I feel like I struggled with that during my relationship because I feel like if I did confine into somebody and like told them wholeheartedly, like what was going on, I feel like, I feel like I didn't do that because I knew their reaction. I knew they would be like, well, Jess, you got to go. And that wasn't something I wanted at the time. So I didn't share my experiences with anybody because I didn't want that answer, even though I knew that was what the answer was going to be. Yeah, and I think that's really hard, especially when you already know that people aren't don't approve of someone you love. I think it's probably even scarier to say something like you were mentioning because if you're not in a space where you're ready to receive their 
their final, like, that's it, that's it, um, then that can be really complicated. And it sounds like it would have been helpful for you to confide in someone just, just for the feedback. And I think it's important to have friends that you feel, and I, I, not everybody has this obviously, but something that I, I really love about our friendship, Julia, is that I know I could tell you anything. And we say already, like, no judgment. You tell me and there's no judgment. And I, that's a hard thing to believe. That. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it makes such a difference and in any way to know that whatever conversation you step into, like, I'm just here to listen. I'm just here as a space to hold space for you. And, and that's that. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Everyone should be like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, we even, t- we, it was kind of one of the first things we said was like, oh, but, but we're having a fight and then we're posting on Instagram because there is such this idea that people want their relationships to look perfect. But when you really look around you, no one's relationship is perfect. And then especially being in a relationship that even might be a lot tougher than your peers, how important it is to be able to have people that you can go to. Because even if they give you the answer that you don't want to hear, it might be the answer that you need to hear. That's Mm -hmm. the answer that you absolutely need to hear. And I wish I had that. I wish I did that. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, I think it's, it's important that we talk about that, that stuff, because even in the same way that we talk about like our own vulnerabilities and insecurities, I think that sharing the realities of a relationship with people makes your, you feel less alone in like, oh, okay, this is, this is okay. <laughs> about I feel like I'm alone in this toxic relationship. Like, I, like everybody had all these like perfect relationships and everyone looks so happy. So it's almost like a competition. It felt like. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that the stuff we post on social media too, sometimes a few weeks ago, we had recorded an episode with Ashley and she was talking about how things people post on social media, give her an unrealistic expectation of a relationship, like almost because nobody posts obviously about the, the harder stuff right. that it, it sets up for people who haven't maybe even experienced a relationship, a really, a weird like standard. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like social media has a lot to do with it too. Absolutely. And 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 I ca- I can only imagine how hard it is when you finally get to that place of like I know that this is that this is toxic but like not accepting it yet, how hard it would be to go to someone and to hear it out loud. Right. Cuz I didn't want to hear the answers even though I knew what the answer would be. Like right. I knew what the reaction would be. I was just not ready to face it. I was not ready to end things. Absolutely. Yeah. And do you feel like you being in a relationship with him for so long played a role too? Because I imagine there are a lot of people who are in long relationships that even despite the toxic moments feel like it's yes, it's hard to leave. Yeah. It is. And I feel like that was a major factor in like not wanting to leave at first just because that we were together for so long. And I felt like I'm not going to make this connection with anybody, but like time, I can't stress this enough. Like time does not matter. Like in my relationship, my current relationship, like it took me three months to feel, I don't know, like it took me three months to feel what I never felt in five years. So like, I just feel like time does not matter. You could be with someone for five years, but you get a better feeling after, you know, a few months of being with someone new, you know? So I I think that's going to give people a lot of hope. (laughs) So like time does not matter. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you've, you've given so many incredible words of wisdom already, Jess. But if like, if you saw someone going through a tough breakup, or if you had a friend going through a tough breakup, what would you tell them? Like, what would you want them to know? It's okay to end things. Like it's, you have a life after you end something and that you have so much support around you. And I actually currently have a friend going through something similar and, you know, you just have to remind them, like, you're not alone. You have all these people around you. You have all these supports. Like, 
you could come to my place if you need it. Like if you have to move out, like you have all these people around you and don't stay in anything that doesn't make you feel happy or makes you feel uncomfortable. You can't stay in something. And if you know that things are the end, like just let it go. That's awesome. That's amazing. So now to a real happy note, you are in a great relationship. I can see from your face is amazing. (laughs) He's beaming, smiling from ear to ear. That's how it should feel. Tell us a little bit about how it's going because I think what's going to be so inspiring about your story, Jess, for so many people is that you went through something so, so toxic and so difficult and you moved through that and you worked through that and now you're in something so amazing because I think that there, it really is that thought for a lot of people of like, well, it's never going to, I'm never going to find love again. I'm never going to be happy again. I'm never going to find a relationship. And like, here you are, you are the proof. (laughs) Tell us about it. I just, it's so crazy how different it is to be in a healthy good relationship like this sounds crazy but we were only together for like six months and he moved in with me so like it literally feels like I'm living with my best friend I'm not walking on eggshells every day I'm not having to filter out what I have to say like he is so supportive like he really wanted me to come on here today and like share my story like he was so supportive before he left for work he's like good luck babe like you got this I'm like oh thanks (laughs) like he is just so supportive like he was the one that made me I was at my old hospital before working at Joe's. I was so unhappy. It was such a dangerous work environment that he actually like supported me and like motivated me to apply to St. Joe's. And I did, I listened to him and I got this job. Like he's just, he's so motivating. He's so supporting. It's so different being in such a good, healthy relationship. Like I, I'm able to go out with my friends from work without him. And he's not jealous. Like my really good guy friend from work, he's best friends with current now like and they call each other they text each other like I have all these relationships and current is so supportive and like he I don't want to say like he lets me go out but before I just felt like I couldn't hang out with friends like I wasn't able to go out without him like and now like he's just so supportive and he wants me to go out like I was supposed to have a girl say last week but I wasn't feeling well I was like I'm gonna stay home and I felt bad because last week it was our one year and we couldn't celebrate together and he was like no you need a girl's day like go out it's okay like he's just so supportive and like I literally truly feel like I am living with my best friend like it's so fun that's amazing it's different <laughs> Yeah. And you could tell because like it, it's radiating from you and it, it's just, I just think it's so incredible and it just shows like you can, you can find something you amazing. Can. Yes. And like what really made a difference for me to realize that this is a good relationship was the difference in how situations are handled and like certain things that I would say, like I brought up, of course, like past trauma to me and the reaction I got from current versus my ex was just two completely different things. And mm-hmm. I realized I was like, oh, this is like supposed to what? Ah, I'm choking up. I'm like, oh, this is what's supposed to happen. Like this is supposed to be their re- response. Like mm-hmm. this is good. Yeah. yeah. And you've really shown us and I think expressed to, to the listeners that there is more and that every time somebody believes I can't, how can this be for me? It's not right. I'm scared that like, just choose to believe that there is more and look for support in whichever ways that there are. We talk about all the time. There are so many online communities right now that like, there's not someone in your life at this time that like can support that. Then, you know, just doing a little bit of digging on the internet, I'm certain people would come across a community that would help them and listen and maybe be an anonymous like supporter. Absolutely. I love that idea. 
Yeah, I think that's a great idea, but because it is important. Yeah, I mean, it is important. If, if, if you don't have anyone in your life, it is important to find that support. And I think that that's such a great piece of advice, Brenda, like that we're yeah. so lucky nowadays that we have the internet and groups and like all this stuff. And no matter what your situation is, you you can find someone. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like anybody who knows me and is like listening to this, like they can reach out to me anytime. Like I'll be super helpful. I already had a couple people like message me after the breakup and be like, Hey, I noticed this happened. This is what I'm going through. And like, I get messages from certain people. I'm just like, my heart hurts. Like you need to end it. You need to go. Like I try to give them my opinion and my suggestions, but I mean, ultimately it's up to them in the end. Mm -hmm. But I just feel for these girls or even men that feel trapped or mm-hmm. like, they can't leave there is more out there there's so much more out there I think even if it doesn't play out until later just having someone to say I know what you're going through I've been there and like I think that even if like they hear that and they don't take action until a whole year later like I still think that's so impactful to just just hear from someone else I've been there and I'm on the other side or like the judgments like I know how you're feeling it's okay Mm -hmm. absolutely And I think it might be helpful, I think, to recap as, you know, to briefly recap, like, a few of those things that you were saying that, like, define a toxic relationship. Like you said, blaming you, like, kind of targeting your self-esteem, being controlling, over-controlling, jealous, kind of not allowing you to have your own space and not allowing you to engage with other people. Um, Is there anything else that you would say was a, a warning sign for someone that maybe, I imagine someone listening and being like, hmm, does this, you know, how do I know this applies to me? Their temper means everything. So Mm -hmm. the biggest thing that I realized, because I've seen something so toxic and now I'm in something so healthy, so I see the the difference. Mm -hmm. So for instance, temper over anything. So before I was used to, you know, having him bang into walls or slamming things or throwing things or getting so angry that he had to like walk out. Mm -hmm. Where now if, you know, he gets mad at something, like he goes away. Like for instance, he was mad about something at work, not mad at me. And he didn't want to take it out on me. So he left, he came back and our vacuum machine was broken. So he came home, took apart the vacuum and just started like fixing the vacuum. I was like, okay, I ignored him, gave him his space. <laughs> and like, and then he was all better after that. Like, that's how you're supposed to like handle anger. And even before, like if it didn't have anything to do with me, if it had something to do with his work or family, like he would take that out on me. Mm. And I feel like that's a big warning sign is someone's temper and how they handle a situation and how they take things out on you or if they don't take things out on you. Yeah. And in your new relationship, it seems like you have told your current partner about your past relationship. How was bringing that up? When, when did you feel like the right time to bring that up was, why was it important to bring it up in your, in your new relationship? Yeah. Well, because at first I was so timid and scared and I mean, even though we clicked right away, I felt like it was so good to be true that I just, I had like all these questions and I was a little scared and timid, like I said. And finally I I told him, I said, I'm so sorry. Cause I kept, you know, like, oh, there's better out there for you. Like I'm not the one, you know, type of thing because like, that's how I felt. And then finally he's like, Jessica, like, it's okay. And then I told him and I felt comfortable telling him and I felt like it was important for me to tell my story just so he understood like where I was coming from and Mm -hmm. You know, like if I want to take things slow and it, I was scared to open up, but I felt really good about opening up to him about it. And he's just so supportive. That's amazing. And looking back now, is there anything positive that you can take out of having that experience? Yes. It has taught me so much. Like it taught me to trust my instincts, to trust my gut. It has taught me 
what a healthy, good relationship is supposed to be like. And I feel like it taught me so much self-esteem and confidence. Like I know that I'm in a good relationship and I shouldn't take it for granted. Like I call my mom up. I'm like, oh my God, like he left his dirty dishes in the sink. And she's like, Jessica, you can't keep getting mad about that. And I'm like, <laughs> the things that I'm like getting angry about, my mom's like, stop, like calm down. Like my mom's always taking the side. Everybody loves current. But, <laughs> but like, it's little things like that. I don't know. If yeah, I, I think there's that you've shown the differences between what a toxic relationship is like and then just like a relationship that has its normal like healthy right. arguments and disagreements. Right. And it taught me not to take it for granted like if he does little things like leaving dishes in the sink I shouldn't be getting too angry. <laughs> oh I love that. That's all amazing Jess. I think that I think the reason that we were so inclined to do this episode was because we've heard so many people recently actually going through breakups and most of them most of them weren't toxic or, or uh, didn't have as many warning signs that we know, because, you know, you don't, you, no one ever knows what's going on behind closed doors. So in the situations that I've seen, they've just been more of like difficult breakups, but I think no matter what, the reason we were really inclined to do this episode is because like so many people go through it. And I see so many of our friends and people that we know feeling so discouraged after. Mm-hmm. And when Brenda told me about your story, Jess, I was like, we like we were like, we have to have her on because it's going to be so inspiring for people to hear that. Okay. <laughs> no matter what, it will be okay. It will. And there's always something better. Like if something ends, it's because that truly was not meant for you. It was meant for you to go through this experience to like feel all these feelings. And even if it wasn't a toxic relationship, even if it was a really happy, good relationship and it still came to an end, like just know that that wasn't meant for you and you were supposed to have that. And there's something else out there for specifically for you. It's going to be okay. Surround yourself with friends, surround yourself with family, go outside and read a book. (laughs) I love that. Oh, I do. I do have something that just popped into my head. If you could give advice, I want to say this right. If you could give advice to, let's say there's someone that knows that their friend or family member is in a toxic relationship. What advice would you give that person to be a support to the person that is going through something toxic? That is such a good question. So I would just say be super supportive. Do not be judgmental. Like hear what they have to say. But even though... Yeah. Sometimes people don't know how to help the person. They don't know how to help the person that they see struggling. Right. And it's hard because, you know, you don't want to say the wrong thing. And you feel like you're also walking on eggshells with them because you're like, well, they'll probably go back to them. And then I don't want them to be mad at me. So my advice would just be listen with open ears. Don't be judgmental. Hear what they have to say, but also express your concerns. Just be like, this is what I've noticed. I've noticed that, you know, you're not yourself. You're point things out specifically about what you see differently with them and how toxic their relationship is. I would just, you know, express concern and, but don't express judgment and be like, I'm here for you. And if you need a place to stay, like I'm right here, you know, like just be super supportive is what I have to say. Because in the end, it's their decision anyway. And even if they're not ready to end it, they're going to anyway. So it's nice to hear that there's still support and, you know, let them feel comfortable to talk to you. Yeah. Do you feel like if someone were to or, or did approach you, were you open to that or were you kind of defensive? Or even if you weren't ready to receive that type of uh, res- response or concern, do you feel like it still stuck with you in your head and at least gave you something to think about? Oh, absolutely. I was always defensive when somebody would question our relationship or show concern. I was always so defensive. But in the back of my mind, 
that lingered for so long. So mm-hmm. even if somebody expresses concern and that person doesn't take it well or is defensive, it's still lingering in their head. Like they're still going to be thinking about it. Yeah. I think that's a really important point to bring up because I think people hesitate to say something out of fear of someone being offended and defensive. But I think as long as it's lingering in some way and you're expressing concern and offering them a safe space, then that's really important. I just feel like if somebody is being abused emotionally or physically and you see that that's something to take very seriously and don't take it so lightly like make sure that they know that there's help out there and give them the resources and you know give them your support because it's not it's not a good situation to be in you don't want to hurt someone that you love yeah yeah thank you for saying that Jessica I think that 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 uh, a lot of people can also be in that situation of being kind of the bystander situation and not knowing how to how to how to help and that could be scary within itself, but I love what you said about listening and con- expressing your concerns, but at the end of the day, being supportive and letting that person know that no matter what, they have someone to fall back on. Right. I love that. Oh my God, Jess, I, I can't thank you enough for being so unbelievably vulnerable with such a difficult and tender topic. I, I, I know that this is going to help so, so many people. I really hope so. I know that I'm not the only one and I just want, I just want people to know that it's okay to leave, that there is something else out there. And I know that my story is probably not as severe as a lot of stories out there, but I just like, if I could, if this saves one person, I'm happy. Like if one person after this is like, okay, it's time for me to go. I I feel like I did my job. You did. You absolutely did. So we're going to get to our last two questions. These are much lighter. Um, okay. Has there has there been any resource in your life? It could be a book, a TV show, a podcast thus far that has helped guide you through your 20s? Hmm. Good question. Well, obviously your podcast, guys, is like extremely, can we just talk about that for a second? Like I just started listening and I was like, oh my God, like they're amazing. And like you guys are really helping people. Like what you guys are doing is amazing and it's so inspirational and motivating. Like I love it. So I'm definitely gonna be tuning in more. And (laughs) um, But also like another, so I love true crime and like anything to do with murder. I know that sounds crazy, but these two girls Georgia and Karen, they have a podcast called My Favorite Murder. And they're two women and they just, they're like you guys. Like they're so funny and they just talk like real life, but also talking about murder once a week. Oh my God. (laughs) And they also bring in like mental health stuff because they both go to therapy and like they tell you like it's okay to feel these things and it's okay to like seek help and like seek a therapist and talk things out. So I feel like that actually really helped me because even though it's so dark and twisty, like they're still so funny and like uplifting and like talk about stuff like that. So I feel like that podcast really helped me a lot. I love that. (laughs) And also you get to listen about murder. So yeah, I have to check them out. That sounds fun. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And our last question is where can people find you if you want to be found? (laughs) Instagram or Facebook. It's just my name, Jessica Coutini. Um, Yeah. Yes, you're incredible. Thank you so, so much. I like, I, again, I can't thank you enough for being so vulnerable and sharing your story with us because I, I know it's going to help so many people out there. You guys made it really easy for me to do so. I was so nervous. (laughs) I was texting Brenda. I was like, I'm so nervous. And like before this, I was like, I was writing out everything like I wanted to say, but I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to read off of it. I'm just going to (laughs) go. Thank you so much for having me. You guys are incredible. Like, thank thank you, you, Jess.
You were awesome. Thank <laughs> you. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. And we hope that this was helpful. If you are in a, a toxic relationship or you're going through a breakup or you know somebody that is, share this with them. Hopefully just knowing that you're less alone, they're less alone, um, will be will be helpful to them. So again, thank you, Jess. And thank you guys. We'll see you guys on Monday. Yes, and remember there is more, even when you think there isn't. Yeah. So much more. <laughs> Bye everybody. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Be sure to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and please subscribe. You're never alone. Our pride sticks together. Tune in every Monday and Friday for new episodes of Roaring Twenties Podcast. You get to start your week with us and end your week with us. With love, Brenda and Julia. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.